I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Speaking to you after Toronto Raptors completely no-showed Game 5 to drop to a 3-2 series deficit. But before I go on to recap... Uh, just all the things that went wrong in this game. I mean, damn, there's a lot. I tell you that, look, ever since basketball came back, you can't get buckets out of your head. And I'm not just talking about basketball buckets. I'm talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets. You watch them, you crave them. That's how it works. I get it. it. happens to me all the time. One minute, I'm talking about buckets on the podcast. The next minute, I'm daydreaming about the $10 Mighty Bucket for two. I mean, how could you get your mind off four pieces of chicken, two original recipe tenders, two individual fries, two dips, and, of course, a popcorn chicken? But don't worry. It's normal. It even happens to most NBA players during actual games. Just means you're hungry. So order your bucket online at kfc.ca and get it before tip-off. So, yeah, I mean, um, you know, the Raptors just no-showed. Uh, I don't really know what else to say from this game. You can't really break down a, a, a blowout like this. I mean, the Raptors just, like, were garbage to start the game. Like, they lost the first quarter 25-11. to 11. Like, it was a real question whether the Raptors would get to double digits in scoring in the first quarter. That was a real legitimate question before Kyle Lowry got to the free throw line and got two free throws to push it to 11. They were down 25 to 11. And, of course, it did not come back because they lost the second quarter, uh, you know, by 13 points, 37 to 24. And the game was over, period. Um, you know, I, <laughs> you know, a coach like Mike Boonholzer might tell you that, look, the Raptors won the third and fourth quarters. So that's, you know, that's half a win right there. No, that does not how this, that's not how this works, okay? The Raptors... Put themselves into such a deep hole to start the game. They were down 27 points at halftime that it was a complete, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it was pretty clear from the start that the Raptors just didn't have the same energy as they did in the previous games. And, of course, you can say, oh, you know, the Raptors, um, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's all Nick Nurse, you know, blew his guys out. He played them too many minutes. So that's why the Raptors did a no-show. And, and that's just such a, such a boneheaded take for me. First off, okay, you want them to not burn the team out. The Raptors would be home right now, all right? There wouldn't even be a game five if the Knicks didn't you know, run his guys as hard as they did. And second of all, I think, honestly, it's not even that, man. Like, the Raptors have the ability to play hard, and they just didn't play hard. They didn't play hard in game one. They don't play hard in game five. Not even necessarily much more you can really analyze from that. You get off to a terrible start. You make a bunch of mistakes. You make mental mistakes. You make actual basketball mistakes. You miss easy opportunities. You blow defensive assignments. And all of a sudden, you're down. And then you start playing panicked. You play ISO basketball. You stop moving the ball. You stop trusting your teammates. And all of a sudden, it's a blowout. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard to analyze a game like that. That's exactly what happened today. And, you know, you can point to a couple of things like, oh, you know, the Raptors... um, you know, Marcus Gasol missed a whole bunch of layups at the start of the game. Yeah, that 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 sucks. It's deflating. It's mad deflating when Marcus Gasol misses layups. And Mark got four shots in the first quarter. He missed them all. Layups. I'm talking layups for a seven footer. All right. You know, two guys come to the ball because they're trying to guard Fred and, and Kyle. Take them out of the play. The ball goes to Marcus Gasol, future Hall of Famer, seven footer. 
35-year-old around the basket looking like a 75-year-old around the basket just can't get anything to drop whatsoever. That's deflating. It's also deflating that, you know, uh, Fred's getting to the basket and nothing's really going in for him. Pascal's missing threes. And, you know, defensively, the Raptors didn't really show that intensity either. I mean, you know, a lot of missed assignments there. uh, A lot of just bad rotations. And really... The Raptors just got off to a horrible start and just couldn't get out of it. And again, that's the same pattern that's played out in Game 1. Now, what prevented the Raptors from getting off to a terrible start in Game 3 and Game 4, where the Raptors won, was that Kyle Lowry was there uh, scoring double digits in the first quarter. And he kind of set the tone for the rest of the team. And that's why he got so much credit and so much love for doing that. Because when you see what happens when he doesn't do that. You see what happens today, right? Kyle, Kyle Lowry, what, 10 points today in 34 minutes? Didn't really make an impact at all. Kyle, you know, at the start of the game, he was. I think the Celtics switched their assignments. It was a lot of Marcus Smart on him instead of Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum obviously is a good defender as well, but Smart is just a complete shutdown, lockdown kind of guy. Was on Kyle. The Raptors had to go elsewhere for their offense, and the Raptors couldn't get anything elsewhere from their offense. No one else sparks his team like Kyle Lowry sparks his team. Of course, that's an issue moving forward, and I don't want to talk about offseason stuff, but, you know, when you look forward to the future construction of this team, I mean, who's going to do that? Because you look at the other two guys that are poised to be future leaders of this team. You got Pascal. You got uh, Fred. But, you know, like, who else is really going to do that? And and Pascal has not really shown an ability to lead uh, in terms of just, like, putting the team on its back, Kyle Lowry style, and just sort of doing, you know, um, I don't know, man. Just, just you know, running the team, period. I, I don't really trust Pascal to run the team. I mean, right now, I don't really trust Pascal to do a lot because his game is very sloppy, but... You know, I think in general, he's not really a guy that's like Kyle that can spark the team like that, at least for extended stretches. And then you have Fred, who does his best, but also is not like Kyle, you know? So no one else was able to pick up that slack. And it was a wrap. I mean, the game, it was just a blowout. And, like, it wasn't it didn't even matter what adjustments Nick Nair's made because he tried a lot of things. He went to his own defense early on, you know? there's I think Nick uses zones for two reasons. One to disrupt the uh, timing and the rhythm of the opponent, and two, to just get his team to play hard and communicate with each other. Because you literally can't play zone unless you're talking and and organizing, right? Because you're not covering man-to-man, so you really need to talk and communicate with each other. And, you know, sometimes I see Nick, when the Raptors are playing terrible, he just goes to the zone just to sort of vitalize his team a little bit. That, That didn't work either. And the Raptors ran the zone terribly because, again, none of the guys were working together. And, you know, uh, it didn't really matter. Full-court press against the Celtics. Like, come on, man. This, again, no defensive scheme is going to work without cohesion from the team. But the Celtics also, just as a club, they're you're not going to beat them with a full-court press. They're experienced side. They have multiple ball handlers. You're just not going to beat them with a full-court press. Um, you know, and then... I mean, you're subbing in guys early. You know, I, I thought Serge came in a little late, but Norm came in a little early. And, and none of it was working. I mean, no one we brought off the bench really did anything, really. Like, Serge brought a little bit more energy, but not really. Um, you you know, and, and when you take Mark off the floor, it's a, it's a layup line to the rim. And, of course, you know, Mark was giving you so little on offense that it just completely deflated the team. I mean, Mark played half the amount of minutes as the next closest starter. He played 14 minutes tonight. Essentially stapled to the bench. And, honestly, you know, you're just not going to win a lot when you have that happen. And, and it's not... Uh, Nurse's fault, it's Mark's fault for the fact that he played like complete garbage today. And then you look at the rest of the guys that are bringing off the bench. The one guy that I'm most disappointed by is Norman Powell. Now, I know Norm had 16 points. You look at that, you're like, well, that's not that bad. He shot 6 of 15, but he shot 4 of 11 from 3. Maybe it wasn't that bad. I promise you, you watch this game, the number of unforced errors that Norman Powell makes, he wants, it makes you want to tear your hair out, okay? It makes you want to tear your hair out. Why 
is a, a player who is more experienced. By the way, you, well, the way you see them playing, you would think Norman has been in the league shorter than Norfolk Van Vliet or shorter than Pascal Siakam or shorter than OJ Anobi. No, it's the same old Norm. Norm's been on this team for a very long time. He knows exactly what to do. He's been with this coaching staff for a while, and he just consistently makes errors and makes mistakes that render his renders him useless. All I can really say about Norm in this series so far is that Norm has played worse than Brad Wanamaker. All right? Who the hell is Brad Wanamaker? Okay? But this literally every single game, Brad Wanamaker has made more of an impact, a positive impact than Norm has. Norm has been completely absent in this entire series. And offensively, defensively, it's garbage on both ends. All right? Because offensively, he can't even find ways to get a shot off. The transition is not scoring well for him. And then defensively, that's where it's unforgivable. Because, okay, look, whatever. The Celtics are doing a lot schematically to take him off the ball. They're putting Marcus Smart on him. Okay? Whatever. Even Kyle can't score on Marcus Smart. He's not expecting Norm to score on Marcus Smart. The Celtics are switching a lot off ball. So then, you know, you have, you know, Norm's not getting off ball, getting off those, like, open threes, the little cut curls to the basket. None of that's happening. Okay, but or even transition. No one's really scoring for the Raptors in transition. Norm gets out in transition. He he blows the layup or he goes to an offensive foul. Whatever that happens, I'm not even faulting him the man for that. Okay, because the Celtics just play good defense in general. It's the defense that's killing me. It's the defense. It's the fact that he's leaving a shooter wide open because he wants to help OG and Obi who has Jason Tatum backing him down at the free throw line. What are you doing? One pass away, boom, it's a three-pointer for Brad Wanamaker. Like, what are you doing? Look, what? that's not the read. Or he comes in the other games, he fouls, you know, Jason Tatum nonstop, or he just commits these dumb fouls, or even just the simple, basic things. Like, at the end of the first half, you have Serge, you have Norm, literally no Celtic is even in the half court trying to get a defensive rebound and they're not talking to each other and they drop the ball out of bounds like you literally have to go out of your way to be that clueless and that unfocused and that's the part that kills me like why can't norm provide anything at least at least on defense right because you look at the rest of the guys the top six in the rotation and they're playing their asses off defensively everyone is guarding you know fred and kyle giving up eight inches to guys like you know jalen brown jason tatum you know what they're still competing they're still scrapping marcus smart's even bigger than them they're scrapping they're chasing tim walker around who can who can norm guard in this whole series he can't even guard brad wanamaker man like you forget like okay yeah norm comes in gives you know kyle and fred a little bit of a spell trying to guard jason tatum guarding kemba walker no it's 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 either he's gonna foul jason tatum or he's gonna sit down in that weird weirdly low stance and just allow kemba to walk right by him for threes or whatever and just bad reads man and norm's i look norm's had a great year I've, I've and part of what i'm speaking from is just disappointment because he's had such a great year and he had great playoffs too because when look at what he did in the net series he was phenomenal he was amazing i loved talking about norm i loved the way norm was playing the way norm has played in the celtic series has been abysmal the raptors should have had the advantage off the bench especially with gordon hayward out of the game out of the series so marcus Smart's had to start and the raptors bench has not done anything and really what it's come down to is Norm. And the Raptors have to run a six-man rotation because Norm can't do anything. And and it really catches up with you here. And look, whatever. You can look at it. Oh, yeah, Norm has 16 points. Why, why, you know, why is Will snapping? I mean, first off, I'm snapping because the Raptors just completely no-showed in the playoff game when they're, it's game five. It's real pivotal. But I'm snapping because, like, most of these buckets came late, too. Like, it's just, like, late threes, cool, whatever. Like, he's not providing anything. And it's, and I guess I'm, I'm not trying to single Norm out. 
because all these other guys are, you know, it wasn't a great game from Mark. It wasn't a great game from any Raptor, really. OG had a hot start, then he started forcing his offense like a number one option. I don't understand what was happening there. Pascal, you know, committed five fouls. A lot of blame to go around, but at least with the other guys, they have provided something in this series at some point. OG hit the three. Pascal had a great game last game. Mark's been really diligent defensively. Fred's been stepping up. Kyle's been stepping up. Serge has been stepping up. Where is Norm? And this is the thing. It, it's It's... It's not like it's the rookie season anymore. It's not like the 2015-16 season where you're like Norm comes off the bench and saves DeMar Rose and all this other stuff. I, I'm expecting like Terrence Davis to come off the bench and replace Norm and save Norm, and and that's not happening because come on, man, that's not really gonna happen. But you know, it's just disappointing. I guess what I'm trying to say is that's the most disappointing. Is the part is just it, it it just sucks that Norm has an impact. I'm look, am I rooting for Norm? Absolutely, he's a really nice dude. He's, you know, he's really patient with the media. He's obviously been a really good player this season. I just don't understand what's going on with this guy. Like, I don't know why the focus isn't there. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm holding on hope that he can still do something in Game 6. I mean, look, listen, Norm is a guy who's, you know, had a lot of dramatic moments in the playoffs. Maybe shows him Game 6, saves the Raptors, okay? If that would happen, I would love that. And I would love to just come here and talk about that. But right now, the amount of disappointment I feel for Norm is, is a lot. It's very high. And, and again, it's not all on Norm, but it, it's what he's done in this series has has been inc- incredibly underwhelming. It's turned an advantage into a disadvantage. And again, Brad Wanamaker's outplaying him, man. I, I don't know what else to say other than that. Um, in terms of the other guys, I mean, yeah, Pascal. I mean, Pascal's not getting off the hook either, man. Pascal, what five personal fouls in twenty eight minutes? Like, I, I get it. Look, he hasn't play. He has to play extended minutes. He has to focus. He has to lock in. You know, this bubble series is hard for everybody. I get it. All the ca- caveats, but like as a leader of the team. Five fouls in 28 minutes? Really? And the Raptors were down, like, huge in the first half. One of the reasons the Raptors were down huge is because Pascal wasn't really holding up his end of the bargain defensively. Obviously, the Raptors ask a lot of Pascal to defend. You know, they make him guard a lot of pick and rolls, you know, do all these pre-switches to get the centers out of the the, the, the pick and roll. So, Pascal is a guard pretty much nonstop. You know, he has to guard ISO. He has to guard all these guys. It's tough. I, I get it. It's tough. Absolutely. The Celtics are a tough team. But I mean, like, damn! I mean, the 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 way Pascal is allowing people to drive just straight line drives, Marcus Smart straight line drive to the rim when with Pascal on him, like, I don't understand what was going on. It was Jose Calderon esque, like it was literally people just parading to the basket, and even and in the second half, Pascal he started fouling and took himself out of the game essentially. I mean, like, the Raptors weren't really going to come back from 27 after halftime, but at least the Raptors tried to do something. The starters, the rest of the starters, I mean, obviously Mark didn't really play, but, like, you know, the rest of the team started to try to do something, and Pascal just completely undercut that with the foul trouble. And whatever, the scoring, you know, the threes didn't really drop. You know, he got a couple of uh, hard drives to the rim. He scored. Cool, but, like, realistically, man, like, it, it, his defense needed to be better today, and his defense wasn't there. And and really, in the larger picture, as you look at it, right, if one all-star isn't playing great, like if Kyle's not necessarily there because Kyle, you know, has a bad matchup against Smart, Kyle has played 90 minutes in two ga- the last two games, maybe you need someone to pick him up or something, or just straight up, Kyle can't be like a freaking superstar every single night at the age of 34, okay, then at least you won't expect your other superstar to step, or other all-star to step up, and that's where Pascal did not do that, he did not step into the void whatsoever, right, so that was disappointing. Um, and again, defensively, we know Pascal can be so much better than this. He was really, really not good today. And then, you know, the rest of the team, I mean, like, OG, you know, he, he had a hot start. He was trying to do some stuff. Then, like, it got to a point where it was like, okay, OG's the only one scoring. Like, I think he had maybe seven of the Raptors' 11 points in the first quarter. 
And it was like, okay, let's feed OG. Like, OG should not get 11 shot attempts in a game like this. I mean, maybe in a game like this, you know, maybe that is at his time. But it, it just became like, let's find OG every play. And it's like, th- that's not going to work, man. He's the fourth option. Like, it, it is what it is. Maybe next year with a little bit more development, a little more confidence, and a little bit more reps, you can run more stuff for him. But, I mean, you know, OG did his best. You know, he hit a mid-range jumper, which was nice. Uh, he hit a three... You know, ran the floor, you know, had a couple of cuts. The Raptors found OG, just dropped the ball, live ball turnover. The Celtics go there, always score, like, a lot of that stuff, man. But, uh, I don't know, OG was fine. There's no real issue there. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, like, Fred, I mean, you know, Fred, I like that Fred tried to sort of pick up the slack for Kyle because I think, you know, in terms of leadership, it goes probably Kyle, obviously, number one on the team. And then Fred's kind of number two, to be honest, right? You know, he's... He does a lot of Kyle stuff. He tries to, you know, he he's obviously younger, but he's also someone who is really respected and has really shown an ability to lead. You know, the only thing with Fred is just he he, he doesn't really play with the kind of pace that Kyle does. I mean, I feel like I'm, it's weird to complain about pace in a game where Raptors were clearly exhausted, but like or show no energy whatsoever. But you know, it, it's just I don't know, man. Um, I don't really have that many real complaints about Fred, to be honest. I mean, yeah, he screwed up some fast breaks. It's been weird how bad Fred has been on the fast break. You got to give the Celtics credit. Guys like Kemba Walker is taking, like, a charge every game in transition somehow. Uh, they're just a really good transition defense. Not only necessarily the way they scheme by not going for offensive rebounds, by keeping Tice at the top of the floor so he can run back and as a center, uh, but also just there are individual guys that make great defensive plays. Smart, you know, Kemba. I hate giving them credit. Whatever. They've been good transition defense. But, you know, Fred... Uh, at least in the fourth quarter and the third quarter there, I mean, any sort of marginal progress the Raptors made in the third or the fourth quarter, the Celtics would just completely crush them by hitting some threes and just, like, completely blowing the lead back up. But at least I thought Fred played a nice second half. You know, he had to be out there, you know, with four other bench guys, the lone starter out there, and he was still making good plays. And I thought, actually, then he played with a lot more pace than, um, you know, when he was just out there with the rest of the starters, which is a little strange, but... I, you know, Fred was fine. There's really no issues to go with Fred. Uh, and then Serge. I mean, apparently Serge left the game, went to the locker room. You know, I don't really know what fully happened. Maybe looked like a foot kind of thing. He did play through it, and he was fine. I mean, at one point, Jason Tatum turned the, uh, down the lane and thought he could dunk on Serge Ibaka, and Serge met him at the rim. And that was great to see because, you know, I have developed a healthy dislike for Tatum in this series. Even though I begrudgingly respect this man, but you know, I, hopefully Serge is okay because I mean I don't even know, man. I mean there is nobody else you can really reach to right now. I mean Mark is a zero on offense, an absolute zero. Yeah, you could say he screens the passing. It's a zero. It's a negative, really, to be honest. And then you know, obviously defensively brings a lot, but I just don't know if Mark can sustainably play more than twenty five minutes in a series where he has to move this much. I, I just don't know. And if Serge is not available, or if Serge is even less than his best in Game 6, that's going to be very difficult. Because Serge has been really important in this series. He, you know, uh, the scoring wasn't there as much for him. The Celtics, you know, were up on him a lot more. And also just the Raptors were not playing good offense as a team. And that's the thing. The, the ones that might have issues with this team is just, it felt like the Raptors stopped playing together as a team. When, when start, things started going badly, they just started to like, okay, you know what? Guys were just taking turns playing hero ball. I mean, you know it's bad when OG and Obi's playing hero ball, man. Like, come on, OG. Like, it, the three was great, but like, come on. That, uh, I don't know. 
it, it's just a lot of ISO play. The Raptors stopped playing as a team, and that was disappointing to see because that's one of the greatest assets. That's one of the great reasons to watch the Raptors is that they play really well as a team. Yeah, you could say their talent level is not as high as like a team like the Celtics. You know, you know, look, literally Stanley Johnson is the highest drafted player on the Raptors. Okay, meanwhile, the Celtics have like, you know, number three picks, multi-time all-stars, all these other guys. Even Marcus Smart's a top five pick. Top six, I think. Top five or six. But um, still, like, the Raptors play really well as a team, and, like, they just didn't do that tonight. And it was disappointing. And, you know, honestly, the only nice parts of this game was in the second half when, you know, uh, the deep bench came in and Matt Thomas. I mean, I don't want to, like, praise Matt Thomas that much. Because, you know, it's not really time for propaganda hour with with, with, uh, with Stephen LeBron. But, um, you know, Matt Thomas is decent. Here's the thing. Honestly, Matt Thomas is playing so well. I have real legitimate second thoughts about maybe Matt Thomas should get to the seventh spot in the rotation. Because Norm has not provided anything. The thing with Matt, now give Matt real his credit. Because he obviously doesn't expect to play. He doesn't really play most games. You know, when he does play, he plays three minutes, right? You know, the token eighth guy, really. But when Matt does come into play, you know exactly what you're going to expect from him, right? Because you know that he's going to be looking for his offense. You know he's going to be looking for the three. Now, obviously, he can't get the three off a lot because he's small and the Celtics are running him off and, and everything like that. They're, they're sticking a lot of length on him. Celtics not just getting, pretty much denying everything off ball. So it's, it's hard for Matt Thomas to get open, okay? And obviously, he can't create his own shot that well. But what I will say is, when he does get an open three, he's probably going to make it, which is more than you can say for a lot of the other guys on the team. Even though he comes off the bench, ice cold, comes in, drops the threes, it, it still works for him. And then, even defensively, like, here's the thing. Obviously, Norm is a much better much better equipped to play defense than Matt, right? Like, Norm has a 7-foot wingspan, basically. 6'4", obviously very athletic, you know, strong guy, too. Quietly strong, but, I mean, like... Matt knows where to be on defense. He knows what the scheme is. He understands what to do. And he's not out of position. Now, the Raptors have to, you know, do a lot for Matt because the rest of the Celtics are looking at Matt and they're like, all right, I'm going to ISO him. Then I'm going to ISO him. Then I'm going to ISO him. Then I'm going to ISO him. But at least Matt is in the right positions. He gives great effort. He's not out of position. He rebounds the ball. He shows energy. I don't don't hate it. I don't hate it, right? Now, obviously, I, I just... I, realistically, the upside with Norman is like ins- infinitely higher than the upside w- with Matt. But honestly, Matt played well today. Like he was probably the only Raptor that played well today. The only one. And, I mean, you know, maybe you're saying he's playing well because you don't expect anything out of him. Sure, I guess so. But at the same time, he came in when the Raptors still had some starters in, when the Celtics had their starters in, and Matt did fine. Matt did totally fine. Now, you know, he, he found his offense. You know, he shot four six from the field. You know, got two or four from the three. Uh, had four defensive rebounds. You know, two assists. You know, um, played good team defense. Like honestly, like yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if I were just to compare how it went today, Matt Thomas played the seventh man role better than Norm, and and that's unbelievable. So uh, give Matt his credit. But I mean, the rest of the guys. I mean, you know, Chris Boucher got an extended look. He had a three. Tried to go for the offensive glass. Looked like every single play. Um, a lot of the times it did not work out. Uh, Celtics are pretty diligent at defensive, uh, you know, box outs. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the rest of the stuff, Chris really couldn't get it to drop. You know, he had one sequence. Kind of reminded me of the um, <laughs> of JV at the st- at the end of uh, Game 1 in 2018 against the Cavs. Where 
the man tried to tip the ball in like five times and it just was not dropping for him. That was a little unfortunate. I hate getting flashbacks to that play. But yeah, I mean, Chris hasn't really made an impact in this series. I, I don't know what impact he can make in this series. The Celtics look like they're getting smaller. You need disciplined defenders against all these guys. You know, Chris showed some discipline in terms of uh, he had Tatum ISOed one on one at the end of the shot clock. I think at the end of the third or second or first quarter. But yeah, I mean, he did. He showed good defense there to force the miss. Uh, Tatum went to this, his uh, one two step back that he usually goes to. Um, but I mean, yeah, I just don't know what offensive contributions Chris can make, and and defensively. I don't know, man. The offense is pretty important in this series. Raptors have more struggles uh, scoring than defending, although they had struggles both scoring and defending today, so that's why they got blown out. Uh, Terrence Davis came in for the fourth quarter, played the whole fourth quarter. Uh, had some open threes, missed those, didn't mind those. You know, didn't really impact the game in any other way. He's honestly, the game, the minutes that he did play early in the series, he just kept fouling, so that's why he got stable to the bench. Not really expecting that to change. Rondé came in. I mean, Rondé was, it was surprising how late Rondé came in. Rondé came in almost as late as Stanley Johnson came in. And Rondé gave some energy, you know, cut, got a dunk. Cool. I don't know, man. You're not really going to play Rondé. Again, the, you need more offense than you need defense in this series. And, yeah, Rondé is going to kill your offense. And then Stanley Johnson played, you know, my guy, Ovio Stanley. Had two points. It was all cool. I don't know, man. It was just, it was a tough game. But look, listen, circling back to the bigger picture, the Raptors lost game five. Okay, it happens, right? This reminds me of the game six loss that the Raptors had last year against um, Philly. I distinctly remember this game because it, it was very exhausting moving back and forth in that series, you know, going hopping from plane to plane and stuff like that. And we went out to game six to Philly and we're like, okay, hopefully the Raptors can just wrap it up here, kind of a couple of days off before, you know, the Bucks series. Obviously, that was going to be on the road, so we're going to have to travel back and forth again. Maybe just an extra two days at home. Maybe just I can just like do my laundry or like cook a meal or something like that. Uh, and then with the Raptors go to game six and the Raptors got completely smacked. Like they didn't even show up for that game. Like they were completely out of sorts. I don't remember the details of that game. It was that forgettable. The Raptors were losing it all the way. And they went to Game 7. And obviously they won Game 7. But, uh, yeah, you know, this, game, this game reminded me of that. Except for the fact that the Raptors weren't up 3-2 at the, uh, you know, as they were last time. So it was like, okay, you can give a game away, I guess. Uh, Raptors, you know, just put themselves in a hole. Like, you, you, Game 5 is pivotal. There's a lot of history of Raptors winning Game 5s. I don't really know what that history has to do with, uh, you know, playing a completely new opponent in the Celtics. But, you know, Raptors have historically... You know, played well in Game Five, and and honestly, they had a lot of momentum, right? Like, obviously, they won Game Three, they won in dramatic fashion, they won Game Four, pretty much end to wire to wire. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it just goes to show you that honestly, in the playoffs, momentum is not really a thing. I mean, maybe momentum is something when you lose to a buzzer beating miracle, like like in Game Three, but uh, there maybe there's a bit of a hangover, but. I don't know. Momentum is so different. And again, the Raptors, I mean, I don't even know what to analyze from this game, really, because, you know, it, there's nothing you could take from a game like this. You know, but I will say that, look, if the Raptors just play with hustle and effort, like, and, and, and max effort, like they did in games two, three, and four, they can win. They can win. I mean, like, I, it's, the series is already pretty close. The Raptors have already won two. They show they can compete with the Celtics. They really let game two go, get out of their hands. They're up 12. They lost. Whatever. But, like, you know, they can do this. It's just, for some reason, today they couldn't show up. And I don't know whatever the reason is, whatever they need to do to avoid that reason, but there's not, not much to analyze beyond that. Really, the only thing I actually really worry about a little bit from this game was that 
uh, Brad Stevens, you know, A, uh, I think he played his rotation a little bit better. I think he went with, uh, he went with his starters a lot longer. Um, he went with uh, more semi Ojale and a little bit more Grant Williams defensively. I thought, you know, th- those two have been pretty good defensively in the series. Wanamaker gave them a big series. He was great today. Honestly, him outplaying Norm just is just such a disappointment. Um, but I think, you know, the adjustment to have Smart on Kyle at the start of the game, even if it's not a, c- a consistent matchup throughout the court, whole game, I think it is good um, because, yeah, I mean, I mean, you kind of need Marcus Smart's on-ball defense on, on Kyle more than you need Marcus Smart's off-ball defense helping off of OG. So, uh, yeah, that was a good that was a good move. I, I expect the Celtics to go to that again. I think the Raptors should try to anticipate that and try to force some mismatches uh, or getting the Celtics to switch uh, Smart off. Although, honestly, Smart was really diligent in not switching off of Kyle today. It's like he took it personally to try to guard Kyle. You know, it is what it is. But still, Raptors to try to adjust that. And then the other thing is, I don't like that Jason Jalen uh, Jalen Brown got going. Um, you know, he had twenty seven points today, ten of eighteen. His only really good game of the of the five games the Raptors have played in the playoffs against them right now. Uh, obviously, he's had some struggles. You know, he struggled shooting the ball the other night. What two of thirteen? Oh, no, that's that's Pascal's line. My bad. Like I don't know, man. He, he, he shot four of eighteen, I think, from the field overall. Uh, he's been aggressive with his offense, and he's going to continue coming. And honestly, the dunk that he had on OJ Anobi, that should be unspeakable. Uh, that was some uh, that was some violence in that play. It was it was a violent play. Uh, but I don't like that he got his himself going because at least you know he has been sort of kept under wraps. And who knows? Maybe this is just the one game that's a little bit of an anomaly. But you don't like to see him going. But honestly, like everybody in the Celtics was going well. Like Brad Wanamaker was playing great. Daniel Tice couldn't miss. This guy was making everything. Basically doing the Marcus All, that role that we all want Mark to do. Brown was great. You know, even Tatum, 5 of 15 from the field. Yeah, but he got to the free throw line a lot. You know, did a good job distributing, defending. Raptors just didn't play well, man. I don't, I don't, know. You just, I don't know if you throw the whole book out, but you throw the whole game out, but might as, might as well just throw the whole game out, so. But you know what? The Raptors still can compete, right? Like, they still can compete. You need a great start from Kyle. You need everyone involved. You need everyone focused uh, defensively. You need to show that effort for a full 48 minutes. And you know you can compete. Like, the Raptors have already done this game two, three, and four. So, I don't know why they need to get five, but they didn't. So, now they need to go out and do that in game six, and they need to do it again in game seven. So, my initial prediction for this series was Raptors in seven. That's still the only possible op- option for the Raptors to win the series. So, um, I'm still holding on hope. Again, these are the champions. You can't count them out. But today, they today they were not the champions. Today, they were just a random team that showed up, which is unfortunate. Uh, in terms of your three stars from this game, I'm giving Matt Thomas the first star. Yes, I'm serious. 10 points, 18 minutes and 30 seconds, 4 of 6 shooting, 2 of 4 from 3, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. He played decent defensively. I mean, you know, again, the Celtics tried to go at him. He, he didn't really concede much. Uh, he was a plus 5. I don't think Matcha played that heavily, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know, man. You're not really going to win or lose with Matt Thomas. So that's that's probably why you're not going to play that heavily, but he, he's been nice, and he was nice today. So I'm going to give him the first star. Second star, give that to Fred. 6 of 14 from the field for Fred in 34 minutes. 18 points, uh, 2 rebounds, 5 assists, the 3 steals. Couldn't get his 3 ball going early. Got a couple 3s going late. You know, obviously a little bit too late at the end, but 4-4 uh, four, four from the free throw line. I don't know, not terrible, I guess, is the way I would describe it. 
And then the third star. I mean, I have no idea where to go with the third star because I re- no one deserves a third star from this performance. I might give it to Serge only for that block on Tatum. And that was probably my favorite play of the whole game. So there you go. Serge Ibaka, your third star for, for one of his two blocks. Uh, and then in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, lots of options to pick from. You can go with Tice with the 15 points and 8 rebounds on 5 of 5 shooting. You can go with Marcus Smart with his defense on Kyle. Uh, you can go with, uh, you know, Jalen Brown for exploding. But I'll give it to Brad Wanamaker because it just continues to drive me nuts that Brad Wanamaker is outplaying Norman Powell. And he had 15 points today and 5 of 9 shooting. Completely outplayed Norm. And I don't understand for the life of me because Brad Wanamaker is not good. Like, he's just not even good. So, like, I don't understand why he's outplaying Norm, but it is what it is. That's been one of the biggest disappointments of the whole series is that Norm has completely been a no-show. So, hopefully Norm can turn it around in Game 6, man. I mean, I really, really like the guy. I really, really hope he has it. And honestly, he has a flair for the dramatic, man. Please, Norm God, whatever you need to do, just, like, come out in Game 6 and, and show out. But, um, wasn't there for the Raps tonight, man. Wasn't there for the Raps tonight. So, thanks everyone for listening. Again, appreciate everyone rating, review, and subscribing. Sorry this podcast is depressing. Sorry again, Raptors game, lost game five in this fashion. But I appreciate everyone for rating, review, and subscribing. I'm going to read some more reviews now to feel better about uh, just the way the night went. Um, and, yeah, shout out to the sponsor, KFC, and uh, I'll be back. Game six. You know, it's do or die on Wednesday. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.